Blog Talk Radio. I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page, only if I had one gun, one girl and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did, pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip, writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gonna body, this hood politics acknowledge it, leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one knee I up. Could it be my time is up with my luck? I got up. The cops shot again. Bus stop glass burst. A fiend drops a Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out. I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rap to the death of it. To everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown. Hood rats. Don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Shit from the stars, sun, and the moon. And it's like a police chase. The street sweepers and coppers. Sick of kids with no conscience. Leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die, we're not. Out. This is what now is about, nigga. The time is now. All I need is one mic. One mic. All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic. One mic. All I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your crew. Six went into you. Everybody gotta die sometime. Hope your funeral never get shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent. Nothing is fair. Niggas roll up. Shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is racing. Tasting revenge in the air. I let this shit slide for too many years. Too many times now I'm strapped with a couple of Macs Too many nines If y'all niggas really with me Get busy, load up the semis Do more than just hold it Explode the clip until you empty There's nothing in our way They bust, we bust They rush, we bust Let's fly and feel it I feel it in my gut That we take these bitches to war Lie them down Cause we stronger now My nigga, the time is now I need this one Okay, now can I be heard? There we go. All powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people. Thank everyone who has been patient. I was wondering why the people were falling off, jumping on and falling off. Man, like always, anytime we don't have our own, they will be able to get in and play with and manipulate the radio program. All powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people. It's your brother. National Chairman Yang and Krumah, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, coming to you again on a Tuesday. We're talking on our political education classes. And like always, man, it's good to be able to rap to the people. This is your program. We share it together. Independence Black Blog Talk Radio, you know, um, you know my philosophy, African communalism. Together there's nothing we can't accomplish. As individuals, 
Individuality ensures and guarantees our certain destruction and doom. It guarantees that we won't make it through this, brothers and sisters. We're coming to you today, man. Our topic today is does 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 black America have an agenda? And what do black African people want? What are we looking for? What are we asking for? And one of the reasons that this came up is I'm looking at the various factions and formations, and this topic is not about the factions and formations because I actually don't have a problem with the various factions and formations. But when I was looking for their end result, when I was looking for their goal, what they wanted to accomplish, I struggled to find any clear definition, any clear-cut um, ambition anything clear-cut that they were trying to bring to fruition. You know, I mean, I hear, I, I, I heard a lot of the anger. I saw a lot of the rhetoric, kill Whitey, and this, and, and a lot of it is, under, the anger is very understandable. When you look at historically what has happened to African people in America, anger is a natural emotion. Who wouldn't be angry and upset? And when you look at the continued oppression and exploitation of African people, who wouldn't be upset? You know, I've looked at and and then I you know I see a lot of our cultural brothers and sisters, a lot of our cultural nationalists feel like if we go back to an African mindset, some even feel like if we repatriate, if we repatriate, if we go back to Africa, not just in mindset, not just culturally, but physically, then that would be a solution. You know, some say separation, complete and total separation. I'm inclined to agree with that. But then even when you ask that, what system are we living under? Then that's a whole nother fight because you got the people who are anarchists. They say no government. You know, then you got the you have the black capitalists. Oh, black capitalists can be black nationalists. You have a black nationalist capitalist class. You know, then you got the black communists. So it's what is our agenda? What do we want? This is the question I pose and I'm throwing out here because I'm not coming today to say that I have all the answers or that I have any answer. But I would like to know what we want out there, what black America is clamoring for, what they're asking for. What's your ideal system? Do you want anything from America? When we talk about me personally, when we're talking about the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination, our name says it all, what we want. We want self-determination. Self-determination means we don't want their help. So my message isn't to them. The only message I have for an oppressive state, and particularly white supremacy or um, those white people who have the sense of entitlement and privilege, or the white races who, who thinks, like I said, that they're superior because their lack of melon, my message to you and to this state that was built and founded, this nation built and founded on constitutional racism is this. We want the intentional, the willful, we want you to stop the intentional and willful hindrance and obstruction of an African people to evolve naturally, to be empowered naturally, to live a life naturally. You say that you have your Bill of Rights and you believe in your Constitution, then we say we want you to stick to the things that you say, Thomas Jefferson said, and that is that all human beings are endowed with inalienable rights, and that is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You say this is what your founding father said. So we want you to stick to that. We want you to stop your hypocrisy. We want So my message 
is more is more or less always geared towards the African here in America that you can accomplish what you will. That we have to that the time for begging and crying and pleading for people to accept us or people to give us anything is long past. If there ever was a time for that. If there ever was a time for that. And even if and even if it wasn't a time for it, we still tried it, we still did it, and we found out that it didn't work. So what solution do you have? Does America, we get, you know, why I say that there is no, for me, clear-cut agenda, especially amongst, and I think this is what saddens me about our so-called revolutionary groups, about our so-called activists, is that we can't be civil enough to sit down and to discuss the differences that exist amongst our group to formulate one working plan or to begin to formulate a plan. We can't even get into beginning stages because we don't understand, and this is one of the ways that they keep us from coming up with an agenda, because we don't understand that we all suffer from some fact of neocolonialism, mind manipulation, or brainwashing, whether that's political, social, or religious. We suffer from that. And in suffering from that, we have given up on the African understanding of communalism, have bitten into the Eurocentric way of that rugged individualism, that mighty lonesome, the lone ranger, maverick, lone wolf. We've bitten into that so much, and this supremacist ideology and supremacist understanding so much that when we do disagree with one another or when we do espouse our views, we come from the standpoint that that is all, that is it, that's the only thing right, everyone else is wrong, I don't want to hear it, and we become argumentative. And we become argumentative, limiting our ability to formulate a practical agenda to really start to look at or have the ability to come up with some cool solutions. I'm challenging the people in the various formations. I would love to meet with the leaders, but for I'm not I'm not even talking about the chair people, the officers of these various formations. I'm talking about the everyday average brother and sister who make up the formation, who have went into these formations wholeheartedly and sincerely looking for a change in not just their immediate life, but within the whole social, cultural construct to which they belong, to change the society in which they belong in, to make that society a better place for themselves and for their children. I'm challenging you to go ask your leaders and your chair people and your officers and your presidents or whatever, the grand poobah, whatever you call these leaders of these organizations, what is our end goal? You've heard me say this before. Ask what is our end goal and begin to weigh that against rationale and logic. Is it something attainable, something attainable? Let me tell you about making a cult. This is, I'm not digressing. I'm still sticking on the topic of what we want, the agenda. What agenda? Does black people have an agenda or do they want an agenda here in America? What do black people want? But we talk about the making of a cult because one of the things that they say goes into making a cult is give the people goals that are unattainable and unachievable. 
keep them always desiring and seeking that and trying to get that. Tell them a spaceship is going to come get them or whatever. In the revolutionary world, what do we find? We find these so-called revolutionary teachers talking or these revolutionary leaders giving out goals, visions that are not attainable in this time if at any time later on. It's not practical. But we've been so moved by our emotions and so we're in so much pain. And that's real. The pain that we suffer is real. The oppression that we're under is real. The exploitation of our communities and our labor, the robbery of our minds and our wealth is very real. So we seek an outlet, and we have these very charismatic and charming and uh, um, dynamic leaderships and orators, and their words are masculine. They ease the soul, and they soothe us, and they touch in those deep recesses of the innermost soul, the part that has been troubled and turmoil, and we buy into bullshit. Excuse me, I should have said verbiage alert. I know this is our Tuesday program. And we buy into it, never looking at is this agenda or what you are achievable to African people here in America? What is our agenda? What is our goal? What do we want? And how do we plan to achieve it? Even though we have the 10-point platform and program of the Black Panther Party for self-determination, us, the people of the Black Panther Party have it. Most of every Panther formation uses 10-point platform and program. But do we really ask ourselves how we're going to achieve those things? What they mean for our community? Is it a good for the overall, like in our Thursday program, we were talking about the new black culture and the 10-point platform and program of the Black Panther Party or the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. We talk about that we want an end to snitching. We want an end to collaborating and um, working with the arm, the arm wing of this repressive state, more commonly referred to as the police department. In our communities, we want to end to that. Now, with that, what it doesn't say in the manual, though, with that comes the responsibility to the Black Panther Party, to conscious, and not just to the Black Panther Party, but to the conscious community as a whole. The responsibility comes in. The responsibility with that is: Will you begin to police? You know, we talk about policing the police. We love to say we need to police the police. Who's gonna police these niggers? It ain't just police killing us. Who's going to begin to police them? And we don't want to take the police, the, the, the position of the police. I'm not talking about policing them the way the police do. We're not talking about taking them to jail or uh, roughing them up like the police do and killing them like the police do. But who's going to ensure the safety of our community? We create our own detriment by not having not, we have stopped doing scientific, revolutionary scientific analytical studies. We have stopped the scientific process of the revolution and have turned the revolution into an emotional, uh, we have turned it into an emotional-led or an emotionally-fueled movement. It is no longer scientific, and it must be scientific. 
because the scientific understanding of the revolution, just like the scientific understanding of universal mathematics, is that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Every cause has an effect. That must be understood. And these theories must be applied to the revolution. For we begin to start to say that we have a solid agenda. We're moving in a solid direction. What do I mean? To go back, to reiterate, to use again the example that I just spoke about when we talk about no collaborating, no working with the police and into snitching and into the collaborator with the repressive state, especially those that are dealing with the on the wing of the repressive state known as the police. When we say we want to enter that, then who steps up and fills the void? See, we play on the emotion. None of us like the police. We know that the relationship with the police and the African community in America is a tumultuous one. It's not, has never been, it will never ever be in good terms and circumstances. But then we cannot step up. We can't be have an apathy towards our own community. We can't not step up and fill the void when we run the repressive forces out of our community. Then we leave our community open to the bandits, and we don't want to step up and fill that void. See, emotionally, that's what I mean by, yeah, we can police the police. But I say don't just police the police, police the whole community. Talk about scientific analytical study. This is what we're talking about, historical. When we talk about and they say, I don't do that communism, socialism. Listen, there's some aspects to it. And they talk about the historical and um, historical material dialectic, taking the factors of history, taking the factors of materials, and not just material possession, but the things that affected history and the people of those history and putting it into your struggle. And we look at the third development Panthers. And when we look at the third development Panthers, whom a lot of call the original Panthers, look at them. They could police the police because the community policed itself. So it was easy to police the police. They didn't have the same vagrants and the same uh, barbarians and crimes perpetrated against their own people. They didn't it wasn't to that degree as it is now. So they could afford to police the police. Because they knew the base was covered. The home front is covered. You police the police now leave the door wide open for every sicko and pervert and wacko to come in the community and perpetrate crimes against the community. But, oh, no, we won't address them. We won't address our own. So how can we begin to say that we want an agenda and we have an agenda for black America? That this is what we want or that is what we want. We begin to run to the, we argue over the semantics of our call ourselves, what we're classified as. And they become large disputes, so much so that we can't work together because, brother, you call yourself black and you're not black. You're African. Or, brother, you call yourself African 
but you're not African. You're a Hebrew or brother. You're not a Hebrew. You're a Moor or brother. You're not a Moor. You're from the goddamn moon. We argue over the semantics, and it's all escapism. It's all an effort to escape the reality that we face every day, despite whatever category we say that we fit in, you are pre- You can be murdered for no other reason that you have melanin in your skin, black, more Hebrew, Muslim, comedic, moon man. You can be destroyed because you look like you are classified as you resemble a nigga. See, the oppressive state, the white man has done away with the semantics. He's not even going to argue with you about all that. He's got one common reference for you, nigga. He's a nigga. Leave you Negroes to argue about all of that. I just call you nigga. How about that? While we bicker back and over nothing, we, instead of using the various uh, tenets, and philosophical understanding of these religions, our ways of cultural aspects or cultural ways of life using to advance us. How can we make a gumbo? Everybody made a gumbo. Everybody does it. See, that's our problem. We want to be everybody. Everybody does things to further and advance their race. Do you think the Islam in Africa, the Islam in Senegal, is the same as the Islam in Saudi Arabia? For those Muslims out there, you know what I'm talking about. Do you think the Judeoism is the same as the Judeoism that they practice in uh, Ethiopia? Or the Christianism is the same that they practice in Ethiopia or Egypt? things and use those different aspects of it to advance their race. They understand one thing, a thing that we have failed to understand. They understand that everything is politics and politics is everything. Here's the amazing part. I don't understand why we don't get it, being that some of our most profound revolutionaries have espoused this. Some of the most profound thinkers of the 70s, some of the most ferocious some of the most sincere and committed and dedicated freedom fighters have espoused this. The first one that comes to the top of my mind is Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton, senior of the Chicago, Illinois Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. He said politics was everything and everything is politics. They understand that religion is a political component. They understand the politics of religion. It is a a behavior modification. It is a social setup. It begins to give people their mores and their values and their morals. They understand that. Yet we get in it seeking an escape, trying to find an out from the reality that plague us on a day-to-day basis, think that if we out-Arab the Arab, if we out-pray the European, we out-Jesus the European, if we out-Hebrew the Jew, then we will find our salvation, and the salvation lies 
brothers and sisters, with self-determination, what you are willing and can do for yourself and for your people. Racial responsibility and obligation is where salvation lies. So what agenda do we have? Do we want to see a Mecca here in America? There are some black people that will tell you, hell no. I love my poor chops and my liquor. Do we want to see uh, uh, a Jerusalem here? There are some people that tell you, hell no. I love what I love. And vice versa, in any other way that we think we're going to impose on the masses of African people when the revolutionary understands one thing in establishing the agenda, the revolutionary understands that African people in America, oppressed African people in America, are not a monolithic people. We are not one people. We are diverse and beautiful, a beautiful, diversified people. You want to talk about multiculturalism and diversity training, you can find all of that. You can find all of that, but I don't need to go outside to find all of these beautiful uh, cultural aspects and components and makeups and ideas and philosophies and art within right here when we begin to establish man and the black woman here in America. So do we have an agenda? Do we have an agenda? You're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. I'm your brother, your brother who has a title. The title is national chairman, but I'm your brother, Yang and Kuma, coming to you on Independence Black Blog Talk Radio. And I'd love to hear from you. Press 1 and we'll recognize you. Do we have an agenda? Does black America have an agenda? Do we have a sense of direction? Do we have something we want to accomplish and achieve? Or have we been stuck in survival mode so long that that's what it has become about, surviving. As long as we can survive, we don't think about, see, that's part of the trick in building an agenda. They keep us in survival mode. How are you going to have an agenda for the future when you're worried about, am I going to get this much rent? What I'm going to eat tomorrow? Are my babies going to eat? How am I going to get to work? Do I have gas money? All my lights are going to be turned off. So how are you talking about Brother Yanga? I hear what you're saying, brother. Love you to death. But how can I think about the future of black people when I can't even think about tomorrow for me as an individual? And we need to put that in the agenda. We need to begin because we're in survival modes. We band together and stick together. Now, I'm sharing a little bit of my agenda, my way, because my agenda, like I said at the top of the hour, um, uh, in, my, in my opening dialogue My agenda is self-determination It's self-determination I don't want The oppressive state To do anything for me I want to get to a point Where we as a people Don't have to rely On the state To do anything for us We are self-sufficient And independent Because my mother told me a long time ago when I asked her, do something, I said, why? She said, because you're in my house, and he who makes the gold makes the damn rules. Because you're in my house, and he who makes the gold makes the damn rules. And it's that simple. So when you have a people 
that begin to be independent, when you have a people that are self-sufficient and they only rely on or need one another, then you can begin to trade freely with other people if you want to, but not to the not at the detriment of your survival. You see, when we when you're in survival mode, we talk about this collaboration. We talk about why black people can't stick together. Because hell, we're trying to survive. When they offer a hungry man five thousand dollars, they don't even take twenty, thirty thousand dollars, two thousand dollars to be disruptive, to come into your meetings and disrupt, to plant some drugs or plant a gun or to do something that will allow them to uh, come in and bring down your organization or come in your home and snatch you out of the home. And they do it, and they use the same tactics that the slave master did. They will come in your home, slam you on the ground, front of your children, put cuffs on you, put a neck on your back, children hollering, tell the babies to get back, draw guns on the babies, hold your mama, push your mama down, grab your woman, grab her breast and sling her against the wall. Same tactics as they did in slavery. And we wonder why we still suffer from post-traumatic slave disorder because we've never been given the opportunity to heal from it, especially when they're still implementing the same tactics. And we talk about an agenda. What agenda? The only agenda can be, to me and my personal opinion, and if you have a different one, please. There again, like I said, press one. Would love to hear it. But in my personal opinion, the only agenda, the only solution is self-determination. Then we can talk about the other thing. I used to be a staunch separatist. Separation, separation, separation. But as time went on and I began to mingle with the various revolutionaries and revolutionary minds and listening to the different ideologies and philosophies and and, um, concepts, I began to realize that that wasn't a viable, a vi, a it, it wasn't the at this time in the game, at this juncture, it was not a good step because our separation we still haven't we don't agree on how we're going to live in that separation. And one thing I know, if I haven't learned anything about us as a people. We can be volatile, and we can be hostile. So all of us separate. You got the Muslims and the anarchists and the Hebrews and the communists and the uh, uh, Moors and the socialists. Then you got a civil war on your hands. So self-determination began to be, to me in my mind, began, started to appear to be a sensible first step. Let us first learn our worth, our self-worth, I value, claim back the sweat of our brow, the blood of our labor, the blood from our labor. Let us begin to put that ourselves worth and price our own things, begin to get our own things and learn a collectivism, begin to learn to socialize better. Even if we disagree, learning to be disagreeable in the right manner. So I said we need a whole socialization before we can really start talking about this. And it began to sound like the more I thought about it, 
some utopic type of uh, philosophy, something else given to us to have us wishing for and hoping for when you can't even get along with your goddamn neighbor. How are you going to separate someone and just be a bunch of us together like that? You can't get along with me, and I can't get along with you. We must begin to be realistic. Let's go to our phone line. 619-0614. Your mic is open. 619-0614. Hey, Chairman. Chairman. Hey, uh, I'm on the road right now. I'm going to try to... uh, Back up on you later on. I'm on my way to a quick meeting, but I wanted to pay my respects and sell power to the people. I got you on the radio, but I'm in motion too, so I'll try to hit you back before you're over with. Okay, sounds good. All right, thank you, my no. brother. But I still got no problem, you on the radio, so I'll be listening. Right on, right on. So uh, I'll leave you, put it on mute, I'll leave your mic open. Let's go to. Uh, I share me, I share me, I share me. Power to the people. Power to the people, brother. I'm agreeing with you. I'm, 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 I'm agreeing with you because you know until, until we, until we can get to where we're not relying on the enemy for our medical supplies, relying on the enemy for our food. Health care, you know what I'm saying, uh, assisted, you know what I'm saying. Basically, I mean, how I see it, all they did was take the things that the Panthers were successful at accomplishing and continue to do it once the Panthers were disbanded so they could hold the power that that was created or the, 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 uh, uh, the system of push and pull that they realized was there that holds power. You know what I'm saying? Now you got Absolutely. your and you got your, now you got your EBT. You, you, you know your EBT is jumping. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a necessity. It's a necessity. And until we can uh, 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 feed our people, you know what I'm saying? You know they know they know the power in that, which is why every time. You know, they just they just feel like they're sick of black folks. And they feel like they're sick of that. Oh, we're going to drug test you. You want these food stamps. You know what I'm saying? It's like they holding it over your head. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you become dependent, see, it goes back to like make Use your mic real quick. When he who makes the rules, uh, makes the gold, makes the rule. And we have to understand the whole point. It was the Panthers that forced the government to concede to that aspect of socialism. Before, this oppressive government wasn't giving black people nothing. So the Panthers, the success of the Panthers in practicing self-determination and self-sufficiency was so effective that it forced the government to implement these programs. But what they did, the difference between their programs and the Panthers' programs was the indoctrination. See, the Panthers was teaching you or teaching us that we could accomplish anything on our own, that we possess all the resources to 
take care of ourselves. They not only had food programs, they not only had the ambulance, not only testing for sickle cell anemia and, and, and other uh, and health clinic, clinics and other diseases, but they had shoe refurbishing programs. They had the bus to prison. You know, they were taking families down to see their loved ones. They had these type of programs and others in the community, restoration, home restoration and things. They were helping them with slumlords. They were giving legal advice about how to withhold the rent and things like that until the lum, uh, the slumlords made the necessary houses uh, made the houses like our uh, ten point platform program state uh, decent shelter fit for a human being until they were bringing these homes up to code, and so they were teaching self sufficiency. And this is what Jericho Hoover feared. They didn't fear them Negroes with guns. You can't outgun the United States military. Even got drones, they got robots. You can't outgun them. The guns were self defense. The guns were to defend the institution that they had built in the black community. It wasn't to wage an offensive. They weren't trying to wage a war directly that way against the government. They were teaching the people self-sufficiency. And the thing about that is when you give the people and begin to feed the people and teach the people that they can feed themselves and they can do for themselves, they don't even have to be a panther to defend what's theirs. They'll be like, over my dead body. Will I allow someone to come in here and disrupt my livelihood? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It has to become our livelihood. We have to stop thinking that this it's a black fad. It's a fad. It's a, a social club that we belong to. It's what I do on the side. Today, for a few hours of the day, I'm going to be black. But it has to be incorporated. Everyday life. It has to be a matter of existence so that resistance and liberation, that thought, that philosophy will pass down to your children and your children won't tolerate oppression and exploitation, discrimination and racism. These are the things that they talk to. Yeah, you know, because they don't, they don't fear them guns. You know, they, we got more guns in the street now than, than ever. We probably got more guns than Al-Qaeda over here in the street. Yeah. Black Americans probably got more guns than a terrorist group. And that's a true statement. They ain't scared of them damn guns, man. They're not scared of them guns. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they, because they got, that's, they, this is they, this they program. Pull up, shoot, don't ask the questions. That's not, that's not, that's not our, that's not our thing. That's they, that's their thing. Malicious. Do what you want to do, you know what I'm saying? That ain't no black folk thing. You you hear white folks, they be they, you don't know what you might hear them doing, uh, uh, on TV. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what you might hear from some white folks. So they already know it. It don't matter. We got the tools, you know. We got these beans and all that. That don't matter because they they style to be ruthless. They don't they, fear the you know why they don't they fear the unity. Exactly. That's what they fear. And you know one of the reasons they don't fear the guns and why the guns are in the street like that? Because I've never been in a neighborhood, and I've traveled. I'm traveling now. You know, I've been all over. I've never been in a black neighborhood where we've had a gun factory, a bullet factory. Hell, we ain't even got a slingshot factory, a bat factory. Niggas ain't making weapons. Those weapons are placed in our community. But the reason why they don't fear the weapons is because we don't have an agenda. We don't have a philosophy. We don't have a common cause or a common goal. 
they know that the majority of the weapon, if there's 100% weapons in the neighborhood, they know 90% of the weapons in the neighborhood will be used against other people of African descent. When you look at them and their militia, why do they form militias? You know, I've talked to a couple white guys in the militia, and I've said, you know, um, the uh, Georgia State Militia, I've talked to them. And I asked the guy, I said, well, you know, why did y'all form a militia? Because they have an agenda. He said, we formed a militia to defend the Constitution of the United States, even if we have to defend it against the government. That's why they form militias, because they form, they get their weapons to defend an ideology. And that's what we're lacking. That's why I asked, what is our agenda? What are you defending? What are you trying to advance? What institutions have we built? that we're trying to defend from their destruction or from them coming in and stopping? What programs are we implementing that we have armed ourselves to defend? They want us to be lawless and to have guns, to have carte to blanche to come in and murder us. And you're still figuring out, or the people trying to figure out why you died. Police shooting. They just murdered. Police just killed them for no reason. If your death, allow your death to be a sacrifice for a bigger cause. We have to, this is what we talk about in our manual when we talk about the 3D. Define, develop, and defend. After we define what our cause is, what the, the institutions we need to, because systems are only upheld by institutions. We are in an oppressive system. How do they uphold this oppressive system? By oppressive institutions. Church is an institution. School, an institution. Police, an institution. We have to have counter-institutions or institutions to counter their institutions to build, since they have an oppressive system, to build a proactive, productive, liberating system for oppressed African people here in America. Then we begin to defend those things. But until then, we're running around, and a lot of it will just be for show. A lot of it will just be for show. We have to go to the – man, listen, it, it, it gets a lot. I'm going to go to the phone because I'm not going to get to talking about the uh, militant aspect of it over the air. But my, my militant brothers and sisters, the militias out there, understand what it takes to go to the next level, the physical training, the uh, gun ranges and things. But what we're saying, what I'm challenging now, today, on the air now, is what is the agenda? What is the ideology? What is the philosophy? What are we defending? What are we fighting for? What are we trying to accomplish and achieve? What do we want to see brought into fruition? Let's go to our phone lines. Area code 504 9711. Your mic is open. Yeah, Black Power. Uh, this is uh, General Quincy Celestine of New Orleans, Louisiana, of the new uh, uh, Panther Vanguard movement. Uh, I'd just like to say uh, it's an honor and a privilege uh, to be on this forum with uh, you, comrade. Black Power. Black Power. Black and, Power. Uh, I just, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that. You know, uh, as it deals with uh, the, the system that we're fighting against, see, we're in the attack from so many different uh, aspects. So
socially, mm-hmm. uh, politically, economically, you know, you name it. We did we, we did a study a few months ago uh, uh, about the uh, uh, <clears throat> the rate that a dollar goes through our communities. Uh, for 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 the Jewish community is twenty seven days. For the white community is twenty one days. For the Hispanic community is seventeen days. For the black community is six hours. After we get our paycheck, we go straight to Walmart or some other white uh, white white uh, establishment and spend our dollars. Now, now, see, that's what we have immediate control of. So I, I think that's, that's one of the things that, you know, when we say black power, black power come uh, from black dollars. So we spend money with each other out of that trillion, over trillion dollars that we earn every year and stop getting the way to the people who are oppressing us and repressing us, then I think we'll have a better future. But, uh, you know, I'm going to leave the floor with that. Uh, black power, all power to the people. Black power and all power to the people, man. And we appreciate that. Too, all power. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, man, and sharing that with the um, New Black Panther Party, Panther Party Vanguard, the general. Appreciate that. And the brother's right, man. I've, I've, that has been something that I have been yelling from time immemorable, if anybody knows. And listen, accountable spending. The African people here in America must have some accountable spending. You would never let me use the example I always use. You will not find anyone of Jewish descent or anyone who calls himself a Jew spending one single dollar with any institution or any company that sponsored Nazi Germany. Not one. You wouldn't find it. In fact, they insult us so much, I wish you would make a currency with Hitler's face on it. The Jews probably would make their own currency. They wouldn't touch that dollar. Jew, uh, uh, um, if, if, if it had Hitler's face on it. But we don't, we will spend blind. We will go and spend our dollar, like the brother said, as soon as we touch. We will go spend that money and we will spend it with companies. And not one time will we invest or investigate and say, does this company sponsor atrocities, the, uh, atrocities in Africa? Does this company sponsor child labor? Is this country, is this uh, company down with um, the exploitation and the robbery of resources from third world countries? In fact, let's bring it closer to home. Does this company support Trump? Have they donated to the Trump campaign? Do they support politicians who advocate and push for policies and laws that are specifically designed to target oppressed African people in America. We don't give a damn. We just want the rims. We want the sneaker. We want the gold. We want all of that stuff because we have bought into the whole concept of materialism in this white capitalist or in this imperialist imperialist, oppressive country, this state. We bought into it. So it's about accountable spending, like the brother said, and these are small things that we can do. We have to understand. We have to get out of the romanticism. We should, I'm not going to say what we have to do. I'm not even going to come off that arrogant. What I'm going to say is I suggest we come away from the materialism, the consumerism, this neo-colonialist way of thinking that whatever the European says equates success, whatever this oppressive state says makes you a man or a woman, we buy into that and feel like that we have to have that product. We have to get away from that. That is one of the things that are destroying us. And a simple program we can do, which we're going to implement 
should it please God and the ancestors, we're going to start to research the various companies, especially the companies that us as African people in America spend trillions of dollars with. We're going to begin to research them and put out a list. And I advise, listen, I'm soliciting all the aid and support from the other organizations out there, the progressive organizations, of course, out there to do that. And let's come together and put our list together and put it out there to our people, not just us in the organization, but to the everyday masses to let them know, yo, don't support so-and-so. They support atrocities in the Congo, or they sponsored Trump. They gave a billion dollars to Trump campaign. They get It's all about self-determination. It's all about putting forth a little effort. And if we put forth a little effort ourselves and not wait a handout or someone to recognize us or someone to give us a pat on the back or something, if we did it ourselves, self-determination, self-determination, if we did it ourselves, we would be amazed at the gains and the progress we would we would make. Let's go back to our phone line. Area code two one four nine four four seven. Your mic is open. Four four seven. Oh, say, what's going on, brother? What's going on, brother? Is that is that me? That's you. Okay, yeah, peace and blessings to you, brother. Peace All right, man, I'm just going I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, man, because see I don't I really don't like regurgitating a lot of things that's been said, right? Because a lot of things have been said we already know. We already know right. our problems, we already know where we fucked up at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> solutions. What we're doing here in Dallas, uh we run a private school. We started mm-hmm. out with a school about four years ago. We have students that have graduated. We didn't have graduated out the neighborhood. They done went all the way to Duke, all the way to a barber, a barber college. Right on. Right on. You did what I'm saying? In this school, we also, we also teach entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we also teach them how to run a business. They, they actually have a real live catering service that the students run. Okay. You did what I'm talking about? Right on. Not only do we teach them entrepreneurship, we also teach them mass media communications, radio, vision, and audio. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. hear what I'm talking about? Now, yeah. when we start, as as, as as just us transforming our youth. Now, when we start talking about getting into adulthood, right? Mm-hmm. We also starting to get into ownership. We're learning how to pool our money together, IRAs and different funds, or if you don't even have those, how to how to group fund together to be able to get loans to buy these apartment complexes the same way the white folks doing it. Okay. You you get where I'm coming from? Because mm-hmm. see the thing about it is we can march these streets, but if we don't own them, how are we gonna change them? Right on. Right on. Right on. You you get where I'm coming from? We we fighting a war that yep. we ain't gonna never win. Now if I own this apartment complex or we own these apartment complexes, we can stop the drugs and the murders because we know who we know who we who we done moved in. You did what I'm saying? Yeah. We we know. 
You did what I'm talking about. We control the element. Plus, we control their living conditions. And if you don't have a people living like they savages, of course, they won't live like savages. Right on. But you you, you get where I'm coming you, from? Absolutely. Let yes, me ask sir. you, because I'm all with that. And I, I love that idea because I'm all with that. Here is my concern, though. You know, we're just keeping it real. Are we? Are you teaching them also accountability and responsibility to African people? Because we don't want to just make more capitalists. You know, ah, see, that's where you are. Teaching, yes, <laughs> yes, sir. And and that's you know we all give back. You do right what on. I'm saying. Right. The thing about it is, each and every last one of them know. You did what I'm talking about. Our biggest problem is we make it and we leave. You did what I'm saying. Yes, sir. We don't leave. We don't leave any anybody back to say, "Well, look, man, I made it up out of this, and I'm still here, and I'm living better than everybody else." Look at me. You can do what I do. You did what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and that's the reason mm-hmm. why we right in the hood. Our school is in the hood. You okay. did what I'm saying. A lot of us are from the hood. The kids know us. Yeah. You did yeah. what I'm talking about. They know us. Yeah. yeah. You did what yeah. I'm saying. So who better? Who better to 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 try to mold their brains and not to make them think like me, but just to think, period. Mm-hmm. You you get mm-hmm. where I'm coming from? Because, see, I don't want to yeah. cap your imagination. Because yeah. ain't no telling what they'll blossom out to on their own with the right guidance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get where I'm coming from? And all of us are from the neighborhood, and the whole thing about it is, is to... My thing is, words... <sighs> A good speech is, is, is for five minutes. You you yeah. know what I mean? That feeling is for five minutes. Mm-hmm. But what they see on a daily can last a lifetime because see, I got a lot of cats. They call me dark side in the hood. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of cats that didn't know me directly, but they seen me coming up, and they like, dude, man, that dude, wow. I'm going to be like him. Yeah. You you get where I'm coming from, and it wasn't a, yeah. not a word I said to him. Yeah, it's them actions, man. You're right. It's them right. actions. Yeah, hands on is always, and that's that's one of the things we're combating. Is like what you're talking about, man. That negative image of the African uh, people here in America. Fortunate is that we get it, we take it from the television, or television take it from us. However, you know, imitate life, imitating art, or art imitating life. However. They want to say it, but nonetheless, our young people see it and begin to emulate and imitate us. So I do like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like and it. it's up to yeah. us to set the examples. You do yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. like square business, man. I mean, we can sit up and talk about our problems all day. We all we know them. We ain't got to go do no, you know what I mean, no review on it, man. We can see it. You, you get yeah. where I'm coming from? I mean, it's in our face. You know what I'm saying? We can you feel it. We can you taste what? it. You know what, Brother Darkside, though? I'm going to tell you, and you're absolutely right, but sometimes I think those of us that are um, have been blessed with a little more consciousness, and, and, and I don't even like to use that word to set up some elitism-type shit stuff. You know what I'm saying? Excuse my life. I don't like to use because it's not about elitism, but those of us who have been a little more informed, sometimes I think we take for granted that our people do know. But I, I am under the impression yeah. a lot of times I see that old adage, if you know better, you'll do better. We suffer from yes. a neo-colonialism. We suffer. We emulate our oppressors so much. What do they call that? The Patty Hearst uh, syndrome. Yeah. No. What I mean. What I mean by that, brother, is 
You dig what I'm saying? We know how bad we are. We know what situation we're in. You know what I mean? We can visually see the trash on our ground, the windows busted, and the dope fiends walking around, straight dogs, yeah. police. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We can we can visually see that, right? We don't we don't yeah. need a, you know what I mean? Now I now, yeah. trust me, I do understand the social engineering. I deal with music. You deal with what I'm talking about. I deal with media. I deal with I, I deal with visuals. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I'm teaching these kids mass media communications, because okay. we don't have no we don't have the black. You deal with what I'm saying to put our perceptions out because they wage and wage, spend billions of dollars on their media. Oh man, oh yes they do. You're right about that. <laughs> yes they yeah. do. Yes they yeah, do. They spend billions right of dollars on their media. Yeah. Yeah. You are you right know what about I mean? that. So I so I understand about the being stuck and not knowing you're stuck on that part. You know what I'm saying? That's the reason. That's the that's the chains that we break. You did what I'm saying when they come in that school, because when they come to school, about the first two or three weeks, we get the attitudes, the pants halfway down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Woo to woo. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But then again, after them three weeks, after we done broke that psych, you did what I'm saying? Like, man, when you come here, man, you able to be this. You yeah. did what I'm saying? Put all that down at the yeah. door. Yeah. You, yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to, if you got a problem, we, we'll help you. If you need to go, you need a ride to an interview, we're going to help you. We're going to take you to that interview. If you need a reference, the Dr. Shaver, she'll walk up in there with you in your interview. Mm-hmm. We'll send her with you. And that's you, you, you get where I'm coming from? Exactly. And that's what's important. And I appreciate that, Brother Darkside, too, man. I, I really appreciate that, that input because that's what time it is. You know, when you're looking at um, – when you look in that, and, and we have a little program, and I'm hoping prayerfully to evolve like they have evolved in Texas, man, like Brother Darkside and them. I'm hoping that our Liberating Young Mind program gets to that point where we can offer some, some of those uh, uh, outstanding programs like that to really get these young men and women to go off into society and be able to be self-sufficient and be able to earn that livelihood and not, not have to depend on things that are detrimental to themselves and not just to themselves but to the community. But that's the brother's right. That's where it's going to start. It's going to start with those programming, giving our young people the opportunity, giving them the um, tools and the instruments to be able to make it. And not just the tools and instruments to be able to make it. I like what the brother said when I asked him the question, teaching them that you have to give back. Our revolution is just not a political revolution. Our revolution is just not a social revolution meaning um, to fix our social conditions. But our revolution is also a revolution of cultural understanding, cultural identity, because we have adapted. We have conformed to a destructive culture, a culture of misogyny, a culture of genocide, a culture of fratricide, brother killing brother. Yes, fratricide. We have conformed to these things that are not conducive to us. And like you said, we know the problem. But what are some of the solutions? And sometimes we begin to start to feel so overwhelmed because the solutions are many. And like Brother Darstein said, to quote him again, that the attack comes from every angle. I've said before on the radio program when I was on, they attack us blatantly and overtly through just, I mean, indiscriminately murdering us and murdering um, unarmed innocent people indiscriminately murdering us and when they keep you focused on that 
it's hard to really think about the subliminal attacks, the psychological attacks, the attack on your identity, the attack on your character, the attack on your person that has us to begin to think and behave in a way that is not advantageous for us as oppressed African people. A lot of the oppression that we face today is self-inflicted. I know it's hard to hear. I know it's hard to hear. But this is the thing of self-determination. This is why I said that I advocate wholeheartedly self-determination because the days of blame politics, the days of pointing the finger rhetoric are done. Those days are over. Time, we've had that time. And we've tried that just like we've tried integration. We've tried to blame other people, this people and that people. Now it is a time for self-determination. We have to go back what we see has worked. Oh, we saw self-determination work. One of the largest mass movements was who? The Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey. A lot of people would say, oh, he was a repatriatist. He wanted to go back to Africa. That was an aspect. But the biggest philosophy that he pushed was that of self-determination. It was a philosophy of you can accomplish what you will, what you set your mind to, despite the obstacles, despite the hindrances, despite everything placed in your path, you have the opportunity to choose. Absolutely. One of my beloved, right? One of my beloved always says a, a, a quote. She says, "You, you can make your decision, but you can't make the consequences. The only power that you have is the decision. You don't have power over the consequences. So make the most, make the best out of those decisions. Make the best out of that decision. Let's go to you our know, phone line. Oh, go ahead." Uh, Exactly. Well, you know, you know one thing. One thing that we have become, and it, and it got to be said, because you know we all big, we macho, but you know, but what is of us is of our children. We have become free picks. Is the term that we use in prison. It's a free pick, and that's when you are a, a, a susceptible to violence, a attack for no reason. You don't have to be doing anything. You don't have to be in the wrong place. You don't have to look any certain kind of way. You don't. It's no kind of behavior that makes that that. You know what I'm saying? That come that that brings right. this violence. You just a free pick. And we we didn't become we a free pick. We didn't behave in a way the way we can be picked off at will. Exactly. Let's go. I'm gonna go and I because I want to come back to that, but I want to go to this caller because I open that mic six one nine. Nine nine seven nine. Your mic is hot. Six one nine. Black Power, brother. This is brother Robert War, National Chief Black Power, Chief of Black Panther Party. Black Power. Hey, basically, what I want to do is uh, just reiterate something you may have said in the very beginning. I wasn't at the very beginning of the show. But within our platform and within our structure in the People's Black Panther Party, we talk about infrastructure. And one of the key things is, going back to what something one of the callers said, is that infrastructure is what controls circulation of the dollar in the community. 
And if we as black people are not building infrastructure, we're not building a society that we control or what, what goes on in our community, then, of course, the dollar would not circulate within our community. There's only so many detail shops and barbershops that everybody can benefit from. So what we have to do as, as people, we have to create means of production for ourselves. And that's part of the problem as, as to why the dollar don't circulate in our community, because we're not creating means of production. So what we want to promote is that black people are building infrastructure. And this goes back to even something Darkside was talking about, forcing, not necessarily forcing, but teaching the children that they have to be held accountable for giving back to their community. And you do that by establishing business within that, within that community that help work toward building means of production so that black people can create economic and political and social spending and social accountability within their own community. It goes back to what happened within, with, with black people when society was segregated. We had no choice but to create means of wealth, means of production, and means of production, you know, in our community. But what happened was when we were allowed to assimilate, then we diversed. And when we did that, the, those of us that were able to create means of production assimilated right, in, right into uh, the European society and did the same thing. But we have to bring it back home. So what we're doing is within our platform and as the People of Black Panther Party, we want to promote art. We want to promote infrastructure. We want to promote means of production. We want to promote our people realizing that we have to be able to hold ourselves accountable with one another. We have to hold ourselves accountable with building the society that we want to live in. And even going back to what Darkseid was talking about, being in control of your own apartment complexes. Well, one of the biggest keys and one of the biggest issues with black people is we have a rentals, a renter's mentality because we don't own shit. So when we don't own shit, we can turn shit up. This is why rides are the way they are. But if I own my community, if I have a, then I have a vested interest in what is going on in my community. And therefore, you won't have the same type of poverty. You won't have the type of crime that goes on and so forth. So we have to get back to promoting as a people, for means of production and infrastructure. Black power, just wanted to put that out there. Black power, man. Black power, definitely, man. I appreciate Black that. Power. And, uh, Chief of Staff, I'm going to leave your mic open in case you want to come back in. Uh, and, and that's absolutely right. That's what it's all about, the development. It's go back to, like, you know, what Darkside said and what Chief is saying. You know, Darkside said that um, we have to, empower our children, give our children the tools to be empowered, and like our chief of staff is saying, that begin to build those infrastructures. And this is what it's about. It's about developing. This is why I talk about what is our agenda, what is our goal, what is the cause of the organization that we're belonging to. We've had enough talk. We've had enough emotionally led and emotionally inspired organizations. It's time for organizations to have clear-cut plans and to start implementing clear-cut plans and programs begin to do that to begin to empower us and not only the renters mentality we become a dependent people it's easier to become dependent but when you become dependent on other people you begin to give up your self-worth they place a value on you when you depend on them to feed you and clothe you and house you the basic essentials of life food clothes and shelter they begin to place the worth what type of housing you deserve what types of food are good for you we look at our, you know, one of the things that, that I've noticed that stood out to me the most 
when we were doing the programs up here with the young people was the lack, was the malnutrition that was in our community. The you know just I mean the not just the impoverished conditions, not just the housing. And when you go into the grocery stores, you begin to see what they put put into our grocery stores because we have lost control. We have stopped demanding certain because right now we're not producing the foodstuffs that go into the stores, and since we're not producing, we're not even demanding a better quality of foodstuff to ensure a healthy existence. We have to begin at the very first step. How many times have the people heard me say that the journey of a 1,000 miles begins with one footstep, and that one footstep is you? You must begin to take care of yourself, and once you start to take care of yourself and love yourself, you will start to know those things and recognize the things that are placed in your communities and placed in your households and around you that are there for your detriment. And then you begin to realize that this is intentional. Formulate um, an agenda and come together and agree on that agenda. And that agenda, in my humble opinion, should be the advancement and empowerment, the self-determination, the liberation, self-sufficiency and independence of an oppressed African people here in America. I don't see any way around it. And once we begin to recognize that, we will see that the world will begin to embrace our cause. If they think that we are complacent, if the world begins to think that African people are settling, are, are happy with their current conditions, they're not, nobody's going to fight harder for your existence than you. They're not going to pick up the fight, our fight, if we don't fight, if we're not the most ferocious. Who's going to pick up the torch for you? So we have to bear our own torch and bear our own burdens. And that's, and that's real talk. So then let's begin to start to talk about how we can build these infrastructures, how we can get out of just being retail and get into uh, manufacturing and production. This is, I agree wholeheartedly with the chief. And then something else the chief will say, that begins in your locale. That begins in your local to address the issues right there that are affecting the oppressed people right in your communities, the ones that when you walk out of your door, you see every day. We have to address those ills and sicknesses that uh, inflict those people, our neighbors, and us directly. And locales and communities make states and states make the nation. And we can build across the board then. But we have to escape the romanticism. We have to get out of the escapist mentality and looking for some and this uh, utopic, this pie in the sky, this heaven type of ideology that we're running for. And we find it, and what we find most of these ideologies and philosophies that we embrace, the biggest component that is destroying us as a people that is detrimental to us is the divisiveness in them. It must promote and encourage division amongst African people here in America. That's the only way that these ideologies and philosophies can be successful. And like I said, that we are the only people that don't understand the political implications and ramifications on the religion and the social cultural phone line area code seven six two.
six six seven five. Your mic is open. Black Power, my brother. Black Power, brother Robert. What's good, man? Nothing much, man. Calling from enemy behind enemy lines with Chairman Hakeem, man. Just wanted to um touch on uh you know um how do we begin to you know start building this infrastructure, man, and you know two ways is education and example. You feel me? Yeah. See, you know once once we get our brothers and sisters educated, you know it'll get them the feeling of you know wanting to explore more. You know once you once you beat a certain level on the game, you know, you want to keep going so you can see what's next, you know. So it's just like that with, you know, education. You know, once you achieve one level, you go to the next. And, you know, the example in, you know, like 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 the brother was saying, you know, if, 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 if I see or, or, or keep hearing about, you know, Chairman Hakeem, uh, his business running, and, you know, I end up flying through a couple of times and seeing how it's, how it's, how it's looking and how he, how he how everything's going. You know, I'm, I'm at, at some point, if I ain't no hater, you know, I'm going to want to get with the program. You feel me? So so, so just mm-hmm. just seeing, you know, just, just that the example in, you know, you hear these people on the radio about they got this, they got that, and, you know, it makes us want to go buy it as well, you know what I'm saying, knowing we can't afford it, but that's just uh, a case of leading by example, you know what I'm saying, and I just feel if if if, if we all not, you know, we all ain't going to be able to, but, you know, most of us big people, man, you know, get to the get to the point where we want to do something real for the people and, and, and let it be seen, you know, it'll make more people, you know, I say get on the bandwagon, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, just, just, just saying it is one thing, you know, and, 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 you know, until a person, some, it's for some people that you, it's some people from the show me state, you know, you gotta, you gotta show me that is the, the, the grass is greener on this side. Yeah. I, I've heard stories of fairy tales and, you know, rhymes and reasons of, of how it is over there, but me hearing it and seeing it is two different things. So, you know, we got to get, to the point where we, you know, start leading by example, man. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I say, if I, I, I see how you roll, Chairman, and, and you allow me in your circle, you know, I'm gonna want to get like you. You know what I'm saying? So by you leading an example, I'm gonna follow and fall in suit and fall right in. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, education and the example, man, is just two of the reasons that I could come with that could be a strong point on, you know, helping us start this infrastructure building. You feel me? Absolutely, absolutely, brother Robert, and that's absolutely right. That's one of the, especially when you're talking about that example. One of the things that I'm always teaching, and I get up here when I talk to my comrades and go around, you know, at the People's um, Black Panther Party for Self Determination. One of the things that we push and promote and teach is the revolutionary type. You know, the revolutionary has a type. The revolutionary is evolved. And that's what that's what we promote. You can't be the same being, the same type of individual you were before coming into some understanding uh, of who you are as a person, how this society, how this oppressive state has made rules and implements certain things to oppress you and wanting to change. We have to be, like Chief of Staff War said, you know, not only do we have to begin to um, build the institutions, for production and the means of production so that we can be self we'll be able to um, 
be able to operate these institutions and to be able to dream these dreams of institutions of production. You know, you have to evolve. In the current state, we are we are the people. They're not saying all of us are on the phone. You know, I'm not making sweeping indictments, but for the most part, us as oppressed African people in America are the people that can dream that dream because, like Chief of Staff said, we have a certain mentality, a renter's mentality, a dependent mentality, uh, a, an apathetic mentality, meaning a people who um, are totally devoid of any attachment to things that affect their destiny and their direction and, and what they're trying to accomplish and where they're trying to go. But that's one of the things that we have to, you know, that we really have to work on and understand. And and so I agree with you, man. That that type of uh that type of bending example. Brother Robert, man, I def, you know I always like you come in so I'm gonna leave your mic open too, brother. Um but I'm let's go back to our phone lines. Like pal. Eight three eight three two six one five one. Your mic is open. How you doing, brother chairman? I'm good. Just giving all respect. I'm blessed, brother. Just giving respects to all the chairman, sisters, and brothers that's attended to the original program and movement. Brother, it's my belief that we just got to value ourselves. Mm -hmm. We got to realize who we are and where we come from, first of all. And I think that that's the program that got us lost. Mm -hmm. You know, I... Brother, you said that that knowledge is key, and I believe that knowledge is key, you know. And for us to know who we are and what we're here for, and until we know that, brother, then a lot of us are not going to understand the program mm-hmm. because I feel like the program is parallel to the reason why we on earth. I feel like we've been fighting this fight from day one because it's a right and wrong thing. And then we got to call a spade a spade. If you doing these actions, then you are my enemy. That's right. And we got to look at the history of life, not just this era and that era. Now, now we need to look at the history of life and who we've been fighting and who've been trying to destroy us as a people, brother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we've been given commission from the day we've been created to bring a message to colonize this world with a righteous program from the righteous people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So until we understand that, until we until we face that as a fact, then we always gonna be wandering in the wilderness, questioning and believing and coming to agreement and reason together until this generation die off and then the next generation come in blind, deaf, dumb and lame and don't even have value in who they are. That's why we going through these things. Brother, how I'm going to value myself and I'm polluting myself with destruction. So yeah. that asks me how, what, what worth do I have on my own self? Mm-hmm. And because I've been deceived and tricked through the plan, through colonization, brother, now we going back to knowledge. Yeah. Then we in this present state, brother. So we got to look at it for what it is. And then you got this president, as they say, you know, I'm going to hold back what I really want to call him. (laughs) In power. 
in doing what he always desired to do since he was a kid because it was programmed in him. So he's just fulfilling his destiny. And we were lying on him to run a country that was never created for us anyway. And I think that that's the ticket, brother. And that's the and that's the ticket, you know. And that's the ticket. I like what you said, man. Let me add on there because you're absolutely right. We must know. Thank you, brother. Who we are. No, thank you, brother. Thank you for calling in and sharing that because the brother, you're absolutely right, brother. You know, we must know who we are, and that goes so deep because one of the reasons of knowing who we are is also the extension of where we come from. We are Africans that have gone through and are going through a unique experience called the American experience, and it can't be denied. Whether we got here before the Ma'apa, whether we got here before the Atlantic slave trade, I'm not, I'm not arguing that point. I know, the, um, I know, you know, a lot of us brothers and sisters say, hey, you know what, my ancestors were here before slavery. Granted, I give you that, but still going through the uh, constitutional racism, uh, the discrimination, blatant discrimination and exploitation based on your look because you look like a certain people, because you look African, whether you would call yourself that or not, because you fit into a certain category already exposes you to a certain behavior because of what this country was founded on. That has to be factored in to our struggle. That has to be factored into our struggle. We are Africans. We are new Africans. We are Africans that have gone through and are going through a unique experience. We talk about, like when we're talking about businesses, I'm one who personally advocates and is trying to teach in our program co-op. I'm not so big on private ownership, not so big on establishing individuals as business leaders as more then I'm more geared towards getting the community involved. Example, if we have a grocery store, having the people to invest in that grocery store so it belongs to them. It is our grocery store. All of us share ownership in this grocery store. And I'm willing to guarantee you this, that it would cut down on the theft because if you got people coming in and stealing from Big Mama now, not only will Big Mama get on you, Big Mama children and the nephews and the cousins are going to get on you because you're stealing from them. See, when you mm-hmm. have a part of that ownership, if we had a co-op and the community had a community-owned grocery called the People's Grocery Store, not only would they get the residuals, get the profit, get the fruit of their labor, they would be able to see, see the immediate effects in their community. So I'm not because... There's always that possibility when we set up these black business owners, neocolonialism is so real. The allure of this oppressive state and this society, this decadent society, is so real that it can snatch our young men like chief uh, and women, like Chief of Staff War was talking about during integration and how the people who had the means of production were integrated and assimilated and took this from our communities, or if they didn't take it from our communities, they were uh, able to share those products and sell those products and get those products, you know, in in, in so-called society that they no longer were specifically for us as a people. And that was to our detriment. So I believe in co-op. 
So like the brother said, we have to know who we are, where we came from originally, and factor in the historical material dialectic, the history, and the experiences that went into this history and made this history of African people here in America then and now, and begin to come up with a revolution, scientific revolutionary philosophy that addresses those ills and helps us to advance. We can't be, now we can't afford to be nostalgic. I'm not knocking my brothers and sisters who hold Africa sacred. I hold Africa sacred. I love Mother Africa. I love the mothers, Mother Earth, Mother Universe, Mother Africa. I love the mothers. So I hold that sacred. But I am not so disillusioned to think that because I dress like an African or I become Afrocentric, making Africa the center of all my thinking and want to go back to a um, colonized understanding of Africa, that that will change the conditions that I face every day. I have to use that as a, a component in my makeup and in, in my theory of revolutionary practices and, and, and a social, cultural, political, economic revolutionary change. And that's how we will be, I begin, I believe, that we will begin to be successful. Let's go to our phone line, area code 504-5585. Your mic is open. Good night, brothers. Good day, good day, brother. Uh, bye, bye. My, my name is Joe Lewis Jones Jr. I'm calling from New Orleans. I'm very interested in the subjects at hand. And um we um we gathered right now tonight to speak about a solution. Um the solution is this we have a lot of um, young black rich folks in the music business and in the acting business. If they take my advice on this here with us, with us, they're looking for the glory of something. So I help them abstract it in the right areas with their people. They have to stop beefing with one another. Okay. All of us are the counselors to these young brothers and sisters. You understand the rules? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, they're going to listen to us. You know, I have a lot of respect for the um, the black Muslim community. They had an opportunity to allow me to fast with them for 13 years. And I learned something from them. Okay, because I was a trouble. So, all right. Um, with this plan, and any minister that's black that want to participate without any influence of any white man, or the understanding of what we're trying to establish, um, they have to stay away, or either they take their penny and add it to the hundred dollars. What I'm saying. There's much land available because I did a little traveling, and there's a lot of land that's up for purchase. You give them what they want with their grandfather faces on it in exchange for paradise. You understand what I'm saying? It's a promised mm-hmm. land, it was promised. It's not in the sky like I heard a brother see earlier. The mm-hmm. sky holds. Okay. 
um, this city, this city where I'm at, is going to be a budding up process because it's called Crescent City. Mm-hmm. Where I'm coming information from. The certain turning of the crescent with the star sitting in the middle is a clock. And people mm-hmm. are being clocked. They have a certain time. The stars that's before this piece have a certain time to get in order or get out dessert. See, yeah. when it says like the days of Noah, it really meant that. That's my youngest son's name. He's four months. I'm going to make everything. Yes, I will make everything line up so you all receive more blessings than my family, but I have to live in paradise with you all. You understand what I'm saying? That's all for that. No soul could refuse. I'm not trying to have things in my possession to outmaster y'all or trick y'all or slick y'all. But I need lands for my family as well. You understand right. what I'm saying? Yes, brother. Let me. Um, are you are you on uh are you on Facebook? Yes, brother. That's me. Okay. Listen, let me give you because you're talking about land. I want to give you the spelling of my name. I want you to inbox me. You know, because it's something that the People's Party would be interested in looking into and looking in this land. So I'm gonna give you the spelling. You got a pen and paper, real quick? Yes, I have it. Okay, it's spelled Y-Yanga, Y-A-N-G-A, Y-A-N-G-A, Yanga Nkrumah, N-K-R-U-M-A-H, N-K-R-U-M-A-H, Yanga Nkrumah. Inbox me, man, get at me, and we we can rap about that, because, you know, I'm interested in talking about, we're talking about length. You know, I'm definitely yeah. interested in talking about the land and the uh, acquisition of land and really starting to build. And this is what it's about. I didn't want to um, go too far into a lot of things that I knew because I need a chalkboard in front of Okay. Well, we get, <laughs> you know, we're at that time. I'm planning a trip to uh, New Orleans, you know, um, and I got some things to do in New Orleans. I, you know, can get down with New Orleans and, and for my parties down there, for my people. I don't really recruit in New Orleans because we already got organizations down there. This is what I talk about unity. See, where, wherever there's strong formations at, why, why am I down there recruiting? Why not go down there and start working? When people call me from the Crescent, I say, have you looked into so-and-so? Have you looked into so-and-so? There's no point in me. Why have three or four Panther parties down in the same city and ain't nobody getting shit done? You know what I'm saying? Direct them that way. Let them do their thing. They don't have to be up under Chairman Yankton. Just get with a progressive black organization in that city. So when I touch down in that city, I'm going to make some shouts out. I'm looking forward to meeting with the various formations down there, see how we can organize together, get some collaborations together, and get some things done. Brother, definitely want to thank you for the call. Oh, I think. We definitely want to thank you for the call. I'm going to go to... Um, my phone lines again. Let's get two one six five three six three. Your mic's open. Salam alaikum, Black Power. Wa alaikum salam, Black Power. What's going on, Abu? Oh Black man, the, uh, the program has been uh, one uh, good uh, program. One, uh, I want to be uh, quick with it. 
uh, one thing we have to understand why this education is so important, and we have to let our people know we are at war. Mm-hmm. And those who do not know we are at war become casualties of that war. And this is why so many brothers and sisters join the movement and then lead the movement because they come in, romanticize the movement, not knowing the history and the historical history of war that being waged against us. And they made it clear that our skin are our uniform. It ain't your beret. It ain't your fez. It ain't your uh, kufi. It is what you've been created in, and that's that skin. And that this racist society had waged war against King and took him out. They waged war against Malcolm, they took him out. They waged war against God, and they took him out. And they're still waging war. They have not sat down with any treaty. So when we talk about building uh, infrastructure, we have to let the brother and sister know the enemy is present. The whispers, the ones who bring up the negativity, the ones who cause the confusion, the ones who bring up the disunity, war come on all stage other than the means of weaponry. And that mm-hmm. once we know that we are at war, then we are prepared. A man who walks through the jungle always prepared that he might run across a snake. Yeah. And so even though he don't run across one, he's still safe. And when he do run across one, he's safer because he's aware that he are in a jungle and that he at war. This government have never ceased eliminating our leadership, not eliminating our organization. And for him mm-hmm. to sit up and say he's going to allow us to build land, He's going to allow us to be a business. Believe me, we must teach the brothers and sisters, especially the youth, not the glory part so much, but teach them the deadly part of what we're dealing with. And they have a code, they said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only forgotten son, simply meaning that this European loved materialism so much that he will sacrifice his own family to maintain our slavery, black power. Black power, and that's absolutely right. Black power, you know, and I think that, and I think that, uh, you know, the brothers and sisters, we that's a key point what Chairman Carr is talking about. We can't forget we're at war, but this is what we're talking about: self determination. We're talking about that agenda. We're not asking the time for asking him, the time for thinking that he's going to allow us to do anything is over. If anybody is still under that uh, illusion that you have a friend in somebody who has a vested interest in your oppression, your ignorance, your demise, your exploitation, man, is only fooling themselves. So now we have to yearn, we have to desire liberation. We've been enslaved so long, from chattel slavery, from the physical enslavement to mental enslavement through complacency and apathy and dependence on other people, that we forgot what freedom is. We forgot that we don't even yearn or desire freedom anymore. We put ourselves into a slavery. We take our hard-earned dollars. We have that. We don't even understand that capitalism was built off the oppression and the exploitation and the labor and the robbery of labor and life from African people. The capitalism, the this state, this nation, this imperialist nation, this capitalist nation was built on the genocide and the um, eradication 
of what we call the Native American, or when I was in school, we called told they told us they was Indians. Was a rat. In fact, we glorified how many of us wanted hmm. to be the cowboy. You know what I'm saying? Those of us 45, we we, we when we played mm-hmm. Indians, nobody wanted to be the damn Indian. I'm the cowboy. So this is a country that is built and founded on blood and pain and suffrage. But this is why we have to have it's imperative that oppressed African people over here have an agenda. We have to have an agenda. The time for our running around and posturing and romanticizing and playing soldier and standing there thinking we're looking tough or bad with our guns or whatever we think we're doing with those things are over if we don't have them to defend institutions that are built for the liberation and empowerment, for the in, in, um, independence of an African people, oppressed African people over here, then it's all for naught. Then it's all for show. Let's go back to our phone lines again. In our last 12 minutes, 404-5585. Brother, you got a couple minutes, but your mic is open. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Um, yes, I know something real quick. I did 26 years for armed robbery. I didn't commit. For this, my family being sacrificed by me, mm-hmm. hell, by the lack of knowledge that I have, they placed my family in a in a crucified position because see you could have somebody in your family that's that's going through something, sir, that mm-hmm. been and went through had to come back with something that's worth something everybody needs. The people yes, sacrifice families when they take us away from our family. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? No yes, no black man, no black man have any reason to print his finger at a black man unless he got a suit on printing his finger at them. And that's real. You you really think these people want crime to stop. Judges will lose their jobs, DAs will lose their jobs, police will lose their jobs, FBI, CIA, every fucking body. Yeah. And I'm spitting it like that. I tell these young dudes every day, all of them know me in the prison and on the street, man. I'm a real soldier for what God say do. That's why I can't be touched. And I walk with no weapon. Every man here that know me will tell you that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because my pain is real, bro. It's about my family. And y'all my That's family. Right. And Martin was my family. And Malcolm was my family. They been crucifying my family. Mm-hmm. They're still crucifying your family. I know what's going on. My daddy was a Black Panther in the Desire Project after Vietnam. My grandfather was in World War II. I'm the firstborn male and grandchild of that family. I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they took me mm-hmm. through that fire only to purify me to stand up and say who the enemy is. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I know how it goes. Yeah, you dig? I just yeah. wasn't saying, brother. I'm on social media, letting it be known, and they playing with me. And guess yeah. what's happening? My my inner man so strong. I'm Joe Lewis in the earth punching weather patterns at him, cause my daddy taught me how not to use a man-made weapon. So I asked him what I could use, and he showed me nature. Yeah, because I can't flip no armor tank with no handgun, bro. That's right. That's right. You understand what you're saying? That's right. Not That's right. the whole thing. If you're talking to the right person and they say you build around that right person, that house can't fall. 
Because that house, that person that's the cornerstone showing you something about the building that we in. And we are not in their building. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's a building process. Why you think these masons wear the rings with the G in the middle of it? I'm trying to tell y'all something. And I fear no man. And that's, and that's the real because Brian feels some kind of way. Brian never sacrificed none of my people, and I don't sacrifice myself. You sacrifice bad actions. Kill that. Yeah. That's the move. And brother, we definitely appreciate that. I'm coming down to eight minutes. Brother, definitely look me up on like I said, man, inbox me on that on that Facebook. We coming down to our last couple minutes on the show. So and, and I appreciate everybody looking in. And like the brother said, I like how the brother came strong. You know, we have to the time for fear is over with. The days of fear there's nothing to be fearful of. They told me fear is false evidence appearing real. There's nothing to be fearful of. It's all about people getting beyond these fears and getting beyond um, being able to be intimidated. The fear of loss. You don't have anything as it is. Especially for what they do when they begin to divide us as a people and we think that the power is in ourselves or in individualism, we don't understand the power of being collective. And so as long as they can divide us to be individuals, keep us divided along the lines of religions and so-called political ideologies and philosophies, then they can pick us off one by one. We, can, we will watch the news and watch our young men and women fall at the hands of corrupt police officers. We will watch children die from malnutrition. We will watch immoral and illicit behavior from our men, misogynistic behavior from our men, crazy behavior from our women, and not be moved to compassion at the very least. But what we should be more than anything moved to is moved to action. Can I be a part of the solution to change the condition? Like Brother Darkseid said, we know the problem. We know the problem. We live in the problem every day. You know what the problem is, but so many times it's easier to shake it off when a slight has happened to us, an offense has happened to us at the hands of the state, when some injustice has happened to us directly or happens to us as a people, we shake it off. We have apathy. We're disconnected from our brothers and sisters, and the time for that is over. So what's the agenda? I'm asking the brothers and sisters in these organizations, ask your leaders if you have elected them to be your leader. If you say, this is someone I support, this is someone I endorse, this is someone I get behind, then ask them, what is your plan for us? And how are you working with other so-called progressive black organizations for empowerment and liberation? How are you working with them? Or are you taking us down the road of cultism? separation from the masses of people? Are you trying to have your own little thing, or is this a collective for the greater good of all of us as people of African descent? This is what we have to ask ourselves, because this is the only solution. Our agenda in 2018 should be that of self-determination, should be that of unity, should be that of cooperative economics. It should be all the Nguza and Saba. 
all the seven principles of what they say Kwanzaa. And I know everybody say, oh, man, you're talking about that Kareem. I ain't even talking about the celebration of Kwanzaa. I'm not talking about Dr. Kareem or all of that. I'm talking about the principles, despite who said the principles, whole right and exact. We need cooperative economics. We need collective works. We need self-determination. This is the only way to begin to formulate an agenda. I'm not saying that we will come up with an agenda for Africans here in America or black Americans overnight, but are coming together to agree on a direction that we're going in collectively is imperative. It's essential for our survival. Why do you think this system, this state, is fighting so hard? Specifically, the European is fighting so hard. You think they're just fighting? You think that is just a hate? You think that's the only thing motivating them? A hate? Some of them don't hate you. Some of them are indifferent towards your black behind. They can care less. They don't give you enough thought, enough emotion to hate you. But they're fighting for their continuation. They're fighting for the survival of this nation and the survival of them as a species. So don't get me wrong, this is not hate teaching. I don't hate anyone. I don't give them enough thought, enough energy to be hating on someone because of their melon or their lack of melon in their skin. I don't give that enough thought, but I do love my people enough, my motivated and inspired by the love of African people over here to know that if I don't, the solution, that certain doom is imminent, that our destruction will surely happen. And I'm not talking about the destruction of African people as a race, as an ethnicity, because they would never be able to destroy African people or black people as a race, but they would destroy the worth, the knowledge of Africa, the sense of self-identity in you to where you're just a uh, a neo-colonialist robot. That you won't even love yourself, and we see the examples of that. Happening now. Listen, I'm coming down to two minutes. You're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. I'm your brother and host, National Chairman Yang Nkrumah. I appreciate everyone who took out on their Tuesday to spend time with us, sharing with us, building with us, always. Catch us again next Tuesday, same time for political education, or you can catch us on Thursdays. I call it now. I call it Gorilla Radio. It's a little grimier, but the same message. Political education, empowering the people, uplifting and liberating the African people here in America, baby. It's the same thing. So check us out. I want to thank everyone who called in and listened. And I leave you as I greeted you. All powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power. Black power. All I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page.
page Only if I had one gun, one girl and one crib One God to show me how to do things His son did pure Like a cup of virgin blood Mixed with 151 One sip will make a nigga flip Writing names on my hollow tips Plotting shit, mad violence Who I'm gonna body this hood politics Acknowledge it Leave bodies chopped up in garbage Seeds watch us Grow up and try to follow us Police watch us Roll up and try knocking us One knee I duck Could it be my time is up With my love I got up The cops shot again Bust stop glass burst A fiend drops a Heineken Ricocheting between the spots That I'm hiding in Blacking out I shoot back Fuck getting hit This is my hood I'm a rat To the death of it To everybody come on Little niggas is grown Hood rats Don't abortion your wound We need more warriors soon Sent from the stars Sun and the moon And it's like a police chase The street sweepers and coppers Sick up kids with no conscience Leaving victims with doctors If you really think you're ready to die With nines out This is what nines about Nigga the time is now All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, one mic. That's all I need. All I need is one mic. All I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your crew. Six winners to you. Everybody gotta die sometime. Hope your funeral never get shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent. Nothing to spare. Niggas roll up. Shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is ready. Taste and revenge in the air I let this shit slide for too many years Too many times now I'm strapped with a couple of max Too many nines If y'all niggas really with me Get busy, load up the semis Do more than just hold it Explode the clip until you empty There's nothing in our way They bust, we bust They rush, we bust Let fly and feel it I feel it in my gut That we take these bitches to war Lie them down Cause we stronger now My nigga, the time is now I need this one mic All I need is one mic 